As you guys may or may not know, taking care of your teeth is pretty darn important. And our friends at Green Mountain Dental Group are giving away a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam. That's right. You simply need to take care of your teeth for Green Mountain Dental Group to hand over a free Sonicare. So check them out today online or call at 303-988-0711 to schedule your appointment today. Welcome into the DNVR Broncos podcast. I'm your host, Zach Stevens, joined by my main man, Andrew Mason. And Mace, before we hop into this show and give the people a visual of where we're standing to present this podcast, I got to tell you about our presenting sponsor, Strava Craft Coffee. This is fantastic, delicious coffee that helps you in nearly every way possible. Mace, it gives you the caffeine juice you need. It gives you the delicious coffee. It warms you up. We could use some of that right now. Very valuable right now where we are doing this from. <laughs> and, of course, it gives you the benefits of CBD, which helps with aches, pains, anxiety, migraines, headaches, everything you can think of that your body needs, it helps with. So make sure you check them out. And when you do, use the magical code DNVR20 to receive 20% off your entire purchase. All right, Mace. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. <laughs> now, let's set the scene. We this is are, a special podcast just for you guys. Yes, because we are standing outside of Broncos <laughs> headquarters, the main building at UC Health Training Center, or Dove Valley, as it is colloquially known. Of course, can't podcast inside <laughs> the various rooms in the media area at Broncos HQ, so we took it outside. It's sunny. Some clouds in the air, some high clouds. Wow, you're making this sound plenty a of, lot nicer than it is. Well, there are plenty of blue skies, <laughs> but the snow is very slowly melting. It is chilly. I have my gloves on. Zach, Mr. Colorado here, <laughs> has decided not only to go gloveless, but to pull up his sleeves. <laughs> you look at Zach, and you would think it was a lovely 60-degree day. You look at me. I've got the heavy vest on, the heavy sweatshirt, the gloves, the hat. I'm ready for winter weather. Zach looks like he's ready for a winter day in Miami. Well, Mesa, I got to say, you are dressed more appropriately than I am. And the whole time you're talking, I'm, I'm looking at you and just the, uh, yeah, I see, I see, see my breath. the breath coming out. It is that cold. But this was for you guys. And the reason we did this, we did a little magic on this podcast. We recorded the second and third segments and the end of the first segment earlier this morning so that we could make it as long as possible for you guys, get in all your questions. But we wanted to do this first part after we talked with Vic Fangio because we were hoping that we were welcoming in the Drew Locke era today. But no, no, Andrew Mason. It's not Block Friday. It is <laughs> Yesterday we had uh, we, we had Locksgiving today, Block Friday. <laughs> but he was first up in the period of practice that we saw. And 
Even though Vic Fangio at his press conference said that he wanted to go back and watch the films, the vibe, the general indication in the locker room that we just came from is that Drew Locke will be the starting quarterback for the Broncos on Sunday. It's not something that anybody can confirm at this point, but based on the distribution of reps, based on the fact that even in the previous two weeks, Drew Locke was getting a smattering of first-team reps, which that's very unusual. And that tells you where, ultimately, the Broncos organization wants this to go. Drew Locke will be in uniform. That is guaranteed. He's going to be called up to the 53-man roster. Somebody will be going off it. It may not be Brett Rippon. It could be one of the other injured players. The Broncos have plenty of those guys right now. But in spite of this hiccup, the refusal to actually name Drew Locke the starting quarterback today, I do believe that when Sunday afternoon arrives, Drew Locke will be taking the snaps for the Denver Broncos, making his first career start. Drew Locke's the Denver Broncos starting quarterback. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. The Broncos are just playing this game because, Mace, they will be shooting themselves in the foot in every single way. If they have Drew Locke active, Fans get to see his number three jersey on the sideline. He's ready to go. He's got the arm sleeve on. And Brandon Allen trots out there. Oh, my goodness gracious. I feel bad for Brandon Allen if I that happens. Too. Because the moment he misfires, the yeah. crowd's going to start chanting, we want Locke if that happens. I think and I don't the... see that happening at all. I mean, I don't put it this way, though. I don't think this is a matter of trying to deceive the Chargers. Right. Okay. I think this is simply a sign that while, for example, John Elway appears ready to see Drew Locke take the baton, again, not quite sure that the offensive coaches in particular are ready to see Drew Locke start. This is kind of, you know, you know how when you were in school and you you had a final, or better analogy, better analogy, you've got a paper due Monday morning, and you kind of, kick the can down the road all through the weekend. I'll get to it later. I'll get to it later. And I recall this dates me completely, or maybe not. But on Sunday night, when NFL football was done, except for the Sunday night game, and you heard the stopwatch of 60 minutes. Yep. (laughs) Hearing that was the cue to me that said, all right, you got to get this paper done. You got you got ninety <laughs> minutes to make sure you bring this in for a landing before you get ready for bed. <laughs> and I, I think I hear that similar clock right now, and that should be the ticking to Drew Locke being named the starting quarterback. When the you guys Locke listen, clock. We've had the, that yep, on exactly. our Twitter feeds. Exactly. This, we we, we absolutely week. have. But Mace, assuming that Drew Locke's the guy, because it would just be crazy if he's not. How does Sunday unfold? Would not surprise me if it unfolds in a similar manner to Brandon Allen's first start. Oh, magnificent! Earlier this start. month, maybe not a magnificent passer rating, <laughs> but a game plan that emphasizes some downfield shots. Yeah. Other than that, you've got some dump offs. You're counting on your receivers to help out the quarterback in that game, for example. Cortland Sun had a touchdown. It wasn't a great throw, but 
Brandon Allen at least gave him a shot to make an athletic play. You're telling Drew Locke, okay, if you pop it up there on the nine ball, just give Cortland Sutton a shot in tight coverage. Noah Fant, get him the ball in space outside of the hash marks, preferably outside the numbers, and hope that he can get up to speed, that he has a chance to do that, get a blocker downfield, and make some magic happen. Philip Lindsay, get to him in the screen game, let him work some magic with his athletic ability and his vision. That's what I think you do in this game. And in all these instances, Zach, you make sure that Drew Locke gets the ball out, lickety split. You don't want him holding on to it. You're not worried about him getting to his third or fourth read. You're starting this game and saying, this is a one or two read game for you, Drew Locke. Just go work with that. We'll figure it out from there. I completely agree with everything you said, Mace. And I think it's going to be the Brandon Allen game plan on steroids. And I think that's a How fun was the Brandon Allen game? Well, he's Allen got game? more arm talent, so you could do that. Right. Knowing it was Brandon Allen, it was still a really fun game that first game because it was. It looked like a completely different offense. And it's going to be that times 10 with Drew Locke. It's going to be so fun now. Mace, the only part I disagree with you is I think Rich Gangrello is going to be saying exactly what you said. He's going to be saying, first read, throw it away. Get to your second read, then definitely throw it away. And I think on a few plays, Drew Locke's going to say, okay, coach, and then go against that. And he's going to be scrambling. And I think that's going to turn into a mistake or two. But I also think that's going to lead to an extra big play. And at least it's going to be exciting. It's going to be fun. You hope he doesn't do Patrick Mahomes or Russell Wilson where he turns his back completely to the defense and is running 25 yards behind the scrimmage before completing 120 yards downfield. Uh, but, but it's going to be exciting. He's going to be running around. He's going to be scrambling. And Mace, dare I say it, He's going to remind people of John Elway, not in terms of how oh. he's not in terms of how he's going to well, have if a he magnificent does this, he'll have a better first, he'll have a better first start than John Elway did thirty six years ago. That's it's Think very that. true. That that was rough. Uh, now, not ex- he's not. I'm not saying he's John Elway. I'm not saying he's going to be as good as John Elway. But for the first time since John Elway, <laughs> the Broncos are going to be the Broncos fans are going to see a player as similar to him in terms of skill set and moving around and talent as we've seen. There's no denying that in terms of the template, the skill set wise. Probably John Elway. I would actually argue in terms of skill set, Jay Cutler right. had yeah. some John, John Elway in him too. Yep. The laser arm. and The Cutler comp has been made. I don't think Drew Locke's arm in terms of arm strength is in Jay Cutler's class. Jay Cutler could toss lasers. Drew Locke doesn't have quite that degree of arm strength, but it's it's fine and sufficient. Somebody asked me for a comp to an NFL quarterback today, and I said Carson Wentz. I'll take it. Yeah. But I, I like that. I like that comp. A strong arm. I really like that It's comp. not the first thing you think of when you think of the guy, but right. it's strong enough. It can make all the necessary throws, and uh, it can he can get the ball to the sideline in a hurry. That's what how you want to see. fun would it be to watch a guy like Carson Wentz? And that's what I think Drew Locke will be. So Mace, how's it play out? Does Drew Locke go undefeated in his first start? Yes, <laughs> yes, I love the it. Broncos win. Broncos fans win because they finally get to see Drew Locke. And 
You see enough from this game to say, okay, he's getting the rest of the season. What I think is interesting, though, Zach, is a couple of years ago, they're 3-7, and seven, and they put Paxton Lynch out there, and they said he's going to get the rest of the year. That reticence to do the same for Drew Locke, it's curious. Yeah, yeah, that is curious. Mace, the Broncos are a three-point underdog since you have them winning. I already know your prediction on that. What's the final score? You'll have to go to the Broncos (laughs) roundtable. A little tease on this cold day out here. Mace, I also have the Broncos winning. Hey, I have I have the Broncos winning this game with Drew Locke as their quarterback. And like I said, if they start Brandon Allen, absolutely losing this game. No offense, Brandon Allen. That's just the disrespectful truth right there. And mm. with Drew Locke, I have two competing things, two competing interests. My head says it's going to be a tough, tough, tough start for him um, in terms of statistics and how he looks. I just remember back to the Hall of Fame game, his first exposure in the NFL, going against backup, backup, backups, and it was rough. It was rough to watch. Uh, there were a tiny bit of flashes, but it was rough. That's what my head says. But... Not just my heart, just my body is telling me that it's going to be fun. And now there's going to be mistakes. I'm not denying that. There's going to be some sacks. You hope it's not a strip sack. I, I can't say that's not going to happen. Well, you got Melvin Ingram back for this yeah. game. And Joey Bosa's up Ugh. to speed. And Derwin James yeah. is back in this game on the back end. So yeah. this is a much better Charger defense than the one the Broncos saw in L.A. back in Week 5. And so that's why there's also going to be an interception. The completion percentage is not going to be good. But I think at the end of the day, Drew Lott gets it done. I think he's going to score a touchdown on the ground. I think he's going to score a touchdown through the air. Uh, the stat line, again, isn't it? I actually don't think the stat that line's going to be magnificent, Mace. But the game, when you watch it, there's going to be hope in Broncos country. People are going to be very excited after watching Drew Locke not just win, but Drew Locke in his first start is going to score 25 points. Whoa. They're going to get Whoa. a win. They're going to break 25 points for the first time since week seven of last year. Mace, Broncos country is going to be going nuts. If this team gets 25 or more points, against this defense that appears back to full strength in terms of personnel. That would be a massive accomplishment. I'm not willing to go there, but I will say this. Philip Rivers will have more giveaways than Drew Locke. (laughs) And then that'll kind of squash my Philip Rivers talk. (laughs) Hey, John Elway says he's still got a lot of football left. (laughs) Yes, he certainly, certainly does. But is it good football? I don't know. It's a lot, though. (laughs) Mace, do you have any final thoughts on this game? Just seeing Drew Locke out there is going to be a heck of a lot of fun. Broncos country needs a spark, needs something to believe in, needs hope. And most importantly, you need to start accumulating data on Drew Locke to better evaluate the direction in which you plan to go in the 2020 offseason, whether it's looking at the veteran market, looking at the draft market, or seeing enough in Drew Locke to say he's the guy, maybe you supplement him with a veteran backup type, a Fitzpatrick, McCown, Chase Daniel type of quarterback. All this is in play over the next five weeks. Let him go, see what he can do. And the Broncos, in my opinion, need to come out and say, 
he's getting the rest of the season barring injury. Without a question, I completely agree. There's only one move to be made here, and that is activating Drew Locke, which they're going to do, and then making him the starter, not just for this game, Mace, but just like you said, for the rest of the season. There's a chance that they bring this decision all the way up to game time. Fangio said he's going to make the decision on tonight or tomorrow. That would be that'd be Friday night or Saturday night. Uh, I, I expect it to be Drew Locke 100%, and uh, Mace... It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Yeah, a fun day in Broncos country. The weather isn't going to be too bad, and Drew Locke likely being out there. A lot of reasons to come out, even for a 3-18. ton of reasons to tune in. ton of reasons to tune in to us on Sunday, where all three of us will be delivering you a post-game podcast. And so, Mace, welcome to the Drew Locke era. It's on, baby. It's on. <laughs> now let's throw this back to the past to continue the rest of this show. And just like that, Mace, we time-traveled. We are now at the 10 o'clock hour on Friday, of course, having to do this so that we could get you the most up-to-date information on what's going on with Drew Locke. And Mace, since we talked about the Broncos game already, let's dive into the games that happened yesterday and our picks on that. Before we give you the picks that we had going in, uh, or yesterday's, or going into this weekend, let's start... With the, I don't know, who, who was the Lions quarterback? I, I forgot already. David Blau. Because I'm, I have to remember that it rhymes with bow, as in when the bow breaks, because I made that hideous pun. <laughs> Again, thin line between a dad joke and a bag joke of when the Blau breaks. And you know what? It took a while for the Blau to break. He opened up with a 75-yard <laughs> touchdown pass to Kenny Galladay. Dream start for him in the first quarter. The Bears started diagnosing him a bit better. They had to, The Lions had to settle for more in the screen game. Still had a chance to get it done there at the end. Yeah. I don't think the Lions could have asked for any more than they got from David Blau. They fell short 24-20, to but certainly he made a good acquittal of himself. I think that's the story of that game is uh, that he was not shambolic. And I think, frankly, even though I think it could be a little bit like Brandon Allen for them in that he gets exposed a little bit as you go down the line, I think if you're the Lions, you saw enough to maybe keep giving David Blau some work until Matthew Stafford comes back. Certainly. I mean, the Broncos would take 20 points from any quarterback. So, I mean, he put up 20 points. He did Brandon Allen job. led the Broncos to 24 back <laughs> yeah. in the Browns game, too. So there's something to be said for that first start. You can you can tweak your scheme. You can emphasize different tactics, play the strengths of a quarterback. You can get a good start out of almost anybody who is a, even an XFL-level quarterback, a good single start. It's, it's sustaining it. And as we get into our predictions for Sunday, we'll probably come back to that point. Probably, and Mace... Good thing for the Chicago Bears because we all picked the Bears by three. Ah! They won by four. <laughs> so we all took a dub there. Bills at Cowboys. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. This was a good one. I loved watching every single minute of this one as my guy, Josh Allen, just sliced apart the Cowboys' defense in every way. Passing the ball, over 100 rating. Mace, the, the number you point to, 77 QBR rating and forty over 40 rushing yards and a touchdown. Man, Josh Allen was good. It was his coming out party. And now, 
Look, Dallas is a mediocre team in a mediocre to bad division. Really, I'm going to say bad division because right now it looks legitimately possible that 8-8 eight eight could win it, although I think the Eagles, with a relatively benign end of the season, are going to come in at 9-7 or even 10-6. and six. Certainly, they're the favorites. It wouldn't surprise me if they run the table the rest of the way, but it's not a good division at this point. Dallas just was devoured, and Josh Allen had a great game. Now, it'll get tougher for him as the Bills come down the stretch against opponents such as the Baltimore Ravens, a trip to New England in Week 16 to play the Patriots in the rematch of a game that saw the Bills push the Patriots at New Era Field earlier this year. But Josh Allen, he's the right guy for that team. And... Zach, you have a point. <laughs> so, Mason, are you saying that you'd rather have Josh Allen than Bradley Chubb? Or are you not there yet? I would rather have the answer at quarterback. Oh, Mace, welcome aboard. Welcome aboard. Whether it takes the form of Josh Allen or if they had been bold and it had not been passed around the outside by the Jets to make that deal up with the Colts to number three and been able to pick Sam Darnold, I would rather have certainty at the quarterback position knowing that this is my guy. We are building around him for the long term because one of the things you see from the Bills and the Ravens is that they are melding what they do around the young quarterback. Of course, then there's the obvious question. Are the Broncos willing to do that? It is. (laughs) I I mean... That's the biggest no-brainer ever, ever. And Why Mace, is it so hard? I have no idea. Mace, on this Black Friday, I think uh, I think there's going to be a lot of good spots in the day, but that one just made my day. You joining along. Happy to have you. And Mace, also good news. <laughs> Speaking of making the day, we had the Bills at plus seven. The Bills could have lost by six, and we still would have won. The Bills win by 11, so all of us win that. You know what was interesting, though? I do straight-up picks with my parents. Mm. And I picked the Bills because I was getting seven with you guys. But I thought Mm. Dallas would win a close game. So in the straight-up pick, I selected (laughs) Dallas. And my mom is upset with me because I convinced her to pick Dallas (laughs) on the straight-up pick. Did your dad go with the Bills? No, he picked the Cowboys. My dad has some simple rules for predicting, and they're concrete. For example, he will pick the team that is favored— Unless it is a road team favored by two and a half points or fewer. Okay. In which case, he then picks the home team. Okay. Okay. I like that. So that's kind of interesting for Broncos Chargers this weekend. Certainly is. If you followed his template. I've actually considered at some point just picking every game for a year as he does. Mm-hmm. See how because he does out. pretty well. Yeah, yeah, and makes the final one, the nightcap of the night. Saints seven point favorites going into Atlanta. Hugh and Ryan chose the Saints. I was trying to make up a game, knew I would regret it. The Saints win by eight. I'd I like mean, to thank uh, Young Way Koo for missing the PAT, yeah, and then the Falcons for going for two when it really wasn't an obvious spot to go for two because. Successful conversion there brings them within nine points. Yep. We're sitting in the living room last night, and all of us around the television asked, what are they doing here? 
But Young Waiku, I don't want to be too hard on him because he's kicked very well for the Falcons. And somehow he has picked the lock on this onside kick issue that has been bubbling up over the NFL in the last year or so, causing people to talk about you know going to the AAF plan, basically first proposed by Greg Schiano of a 4th and 12 or 4th and 15 type of play instead of an onside kickoff. Young Way Koo seems to have, seems to have figured out something. Yeah. That said, you also have to look at Alvin Kamara because that ball's coming right at you and you backed away. Yeah. He wanted no part of competing for an onside <laughs> kickoff. Yeah. Then he shouldn't be out there. Right. You should know that. He but you know, he's got good hands. Yeah. So you want him on the quote unquote hands team. Yep. But yep. still. Uh it it's interesting. That said, even with the onside kickoffs yesterday that were successful you're still looking at a success rate over the last two years that isn't even half of what it was before the 2018 rules changes. That's wild. Yeah. That is why I, I wish it favored the onside kick. I, I wish these games could could come back. Of course, unless you're the Broncos and you have a, a nine-point lead and the other team gets a touch. Then, of course, you don't want the rules to, to favor the onside kick. But, man, it just makes it it's that much more interesting. Yes, absolutely. Down, down it's fun. The, down the stretch. All right, Mace. Speaking of interesting, we got a few interesting AFC West games this weekend. We'll start with the, or I guess we've already picked the Chargers and the Broncos game. So the final one that we need to do is Raiders at Chiefs. Chiefs, 10-point favorites. Oh, huge moment for the Raiders coming off of their worst performance of the season against the New York Jets last week. Is that the harbinger of bad days to come or was it a case of a team that was looking ahead yeah that 10 point number is a big number it's a huge number but at the same time it also means you could see a 34 20 chiefs win that sees them pull away late so i've got to go with the chiefs here. ah mace i thought you were gonna go raiders i'm trying to pick up a game on everyone so <laughs> i'm going chiefs as well i think uh it j- just as, as bad as the raiders looked Last week, I think the Chiefs really want to prove that a, a lot of people have fallen off the Chiefs bandwagon and don't believe in them anymore. I think the the Chiefs want to prove something, especially in their division. They want to make sure that the Raiders don't have any hope of winning the AFC West. So I think the Chiefs at home stomp the Raiders. And, man, it looked like the Raiders were going to be something, didn't it? It did, and they still have a chance. This isn't the be-all, end-all for them. No, it's it's certainly You've not. You've got a cluster of teams sitting there at six and five. Who's the favorite for the wild that that last wild card right now? I think you feel like obviously the Bills are going to have the fifth seed yep. in the postseason. That first three, wild yeah. card. Who's the favorite? For that second spot, who 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 all is in play right now? Well, you've got Tennessee. You have Ooh. Pittsburgh at six and five. No way. You have the Colts. Wow. The Raiders have a tiebreaker on the Colts if it comes down to that. Man. And Tennessee's playing well under Ryan Tannehill. Maybe Tennessee. Maybe Tennessee. I feel very similar about the way uh, I feel about the Titans and I do the Raiders. Yeah, I do too. But I'm going to go with the team that's playing hot right now, and that's the Titans. So I'll, I'll go with the Titans right now. 
It's going to be an echo chamber, but I think the Titans have the best shot. Yeah. With my guy, Derrick Henry. Ryan Tannehill. Tannehill is making himself some serious bank right now. He is. If he just keeps, if he just plays steady the rest of the way, whew, he's looking for a big payday. What kind of big payday? One that I don't want the Broncos to explore. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd be probably that Case Keenum territory. You know, eighteen million two years ago is probably twenty-one million this coming season, and that's that's bargain hunting at quarterback in Mace. What the Broncos need to stay away from and avoid completely is bargain hunting at quarterback. What you don't want to go for no. the scratch and dent, no. but I don't think Ryan Tannehill is going to be much of a bargain. How much? Let's say the Titans make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Twenty million yeah. a year. Yeah, I think so too. I think like twenty-one mil, and that's that's bargain hunting when it comes to the quarterback market. As crazy as that is, and I hate those contracts. I hate those contracts. But for me, hey, if you get an elite quarterback, pay him fifty million. I don't care. That you you can't pay too much for an elite quarterback. You can pay way too much. For above or for for average quarterbacks, that's, that's what, what you have to avoid. And that's what the Broncos have done the last yeah. couple of years. They've paid too much for average to below average quarterbacks with low ceilings. The question is, what do you believe Ryan Tannehill's ceiling is? Because with Tannehill, remember when the Dolphins drafted him? He was considered raw, a project, still learning how to play quarterback. And the yep. Titans appear to be reaping the benefits of the Dolphins' work on Ryan Tannehill over the years. Yeah. Yeah, the Dolphins got rid of him too early. Yeah. The Dolphins invested the time. The Titans have found themselves a quarterback who, look, since he came into the lineup, above average. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and if he's given a team around him, he can do what he, what needs to be done. Well, that's almost any quarterback. You give him a team. Uh, well, I mean, the Titans aren't a fantastic team, but they're 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 a good team. Whereas, he's made their O line look better. Yeah, that's another thing. Remember the O line when Marcus Mariota was the quarterback? We saw them here back in Week Six. It struggled, and there's some talent up there. Too too much talent playing the way it was. Now Ryan Tannehill is helping them out. He's getting the ball out quicker. He's more decisive. Yep. More dynamic. Yep. Yep. Mace, this is this is such a great sports weekend around the country. We got football. We got basketball today. We got rivalry, rivalry week this weekend in the NCAA. Uh, of course, Bama taking on Auburn. I'll be glued to that game. And then, of course... Football on Sunday with the Broncos and Chargers, all the all the great games coming to you this week. And man, the perfect thing you need to have by your side is a Breckenridge brew. Because whether it's today after Thanksgiving, crack open a strawberry sky, a Colorado course, anything delicious from Breckenridge Brewery. Tomorrow, watching those college games, you're gonna need a cold one. And of course, Sunday with the Broncos. We'll be having cold ones, Mace, out at the tailgate, Lot N, with the Sons of Mile High. If you guys are going to the game, make sure you stop by the tailgate. We we open at 2. 
We wrap up shop, or we open at 10, I'm sorry. We wrap up shop at 2. We'll have Breckenridge Brews for as long as they last. Those things have been going off the shelf quickly. We want you guys to stop by and join us before the game. And of course, if you're not able to make it, make sure you crack open a cold Breckenridge brew. And another thing you can do this weekend is check out the Green Solution, which has 17 Colorado locations and an express checkout to get you in and out as fast as possible. So get on your phone right now. Go to their website, mygreensolution.com. Order your flour, concentrates, edibles, and topicals online and head to the closest Green Solution for pickup and use that magical code DNVR20 for 20% off your entire purchase. Mace, before we hop into questions... How was your Thanksgiving? Lovely. Good meal. Good sweet potato casserole. Good ocean spray jellied cranberry sauce. If it doesn't jiggle, it's not for me. <laughs> Do you put that on everything? No. I eat it just straight up. Just straight up. So I've got a plate that has stuffing, sweet potato casserole, mashed potatoes with gravy, turkey with gravy. Are you a... White meat, dark dark meat guy on turkey. I'm just as little turkey as possible. So okay. I, I went for, I went for the white meat yesterday, mm-hmm. um, just because it was the smallest piece. I think turkey's probably the worst part of the meal. Really? Yeah, definitely. <sighs> but you have to have it on your plate. So I did you the do. polite thing. I took a little bit, and, and the turkey was good. And it was ju- the key is for it to be juicy. But that being said, if I had more time, I'd smoke the turkey. Yeah, smoke turkey time do you need is for that? terrific. You've Gotta start that early in the morning. You gotta, you'd have to get up at five thirty. Oh yeah, at maybe even earlier than that, and you'd have to mantra it all day. And yep. part of it is with me doing what I do for a living. <laughs> it's kind of hard to always be there monitoring the smoker because you got to be over at Dove Valley. <laughs> yeah, Vic Fangio is talking. Rich Gangarello is talking. So. How was yours? It was it was fantastic. Uh, of course, the mashed potatoes, bowl of gravy inside of the mashed potatoes with my little peas floating inside were the best part of my meal by far. Man, some I, I had this pie. It was a uh, an apple pie, but it was like one third apples, one third you know crunchy topping, and then one third caramel. Woof! It was so good. Oh. So and of course you cover the pie with whipped cream and ice cream, and that's what really makes it. So maybe a side of pie with ice cream and whipped cream. What pie, though? I, the, the caramel apple pie. That's, no pumpkin. No. no You're not pumpkin. a pumpkin pie person. I, I'll eat it. It's, it's good, but when you, have, when you have something that just goes perfect with ice cream, you got to go with that. I'm a big ice cream guy. Okay. <laughs> That's fair. I, I, I'm not going to argue with you on that. <laughs> I'm a cool whip on pumpkin pie and mm, apple pie yeah, person. Yeah, cool whip. So that worked out. Cool whip. <laughs> I don't have a pie without cool whip. <laughs> Mace, shall we hear from the people? Yes, and appreciate the people joining us here on this podcast. As always, we're thankful for you, especially thankful this week, given that it's Thanksgiving. And speaking of, well, I'll jump into that later. Exactly. Yeah, Black Friday. It's a Black busy week. Black Friday. Shopping day and a big discount day at DNVR because we obviously we appreciate all of you subscribe. If you want to join the DNVR family, here's a chance to get not one, but two T-shirts. If you subscribe right now, that's our Black Friday special. So one for you, one for a friend, both for you, both for friends. Mm -hmm. Take care of some of your gift giving and get the best 
coverage of Denver professional and major college sports that there is in any realm, any medium, right here at thednvr.com. And if you don't want to subscribe but you want to get some t-shirts, everything in the Denver locker today is 20% off. All hats, all shirts, 20% off. A good chance to stock up again your gift giving for the holidays. Either way, we appreciate you, and that's our Black Friday gift to you. Man, Mace, you could take care of all your Black Friday shopping, all your Christmas shopping today, because you get, with the purchase of one membership, you get the membership, which you can give to someone if you already have one. Uh Uh, You get a shirt, which you can give to someone. You get another shirt, which you can give to someone. Boom, there's three items right there. And I tell you what, guys, I kid you not. These shirts are incredible. I love every single design we have, but what people say when they get these shirts is these are the most comfortable shirts I've ever had in my life, and it's no joke. And you can also get one of the hats with those items, so make sure that you jump on this deal today at thednvr.com or dnvrlocker.com and jump on board with us. And let's say that this is the final thing that pushes you over the ledge to subscribe and you love this podcast, hey, with that membership, why don't you say hello to us? Give us, a, give us a ring. Of course, don't leave a podcast or don't leave a comment on this podcast. Wait until next week where we will read your comments, but we would love to hear from you guys. Absolutely. All right, Mace. First question coming in from Chris. Had my first Breckenridge brew today and also my first comment to the podcast. Welcome, Chris. Hey, thank you, Strawberry Sky is amazing and haven't cracked the variety pack, but I'm sure they're great. Had to wait to drive to Vegas from Oregon for my son's youth football championships to find it. Thanks for the best content and helping me through the long 12-hour graveyard shifts. Well, we love that we can roll with you on those graveyard shifts, Chris, and hope your uh, hope your son's football championship went well. Hope he uh, hope he won. All right, next one coming in from Oklahoma Bronco fifty eight tin foil hat theory. What if the Broncos are going to wait until Juwan James' status is clear before making a decision on quarterback? Let's say they're ready to get Locke out there, but they don't want to do it until James is back so that they can finally bench Garrett Bowles, as I call him, and finally rearrange the line. Just a thought, and I know it's nonsensical, but has anything else made sense with this team handling of Drew? This team may be incompetent at times, but the boys at DNVR sure aren't. Keep up the great work, fellas. Thank you, Oklahoma Bronco 58. You know, the tinfoil hat conspiracy theories are fun fun to discuss. Have a lot of... They have a lot of value. Mm -hmm. (sighs) But... Yeah, but. With this one, there's a but. Yeah. um, I understand where you're coming from, Oklahoma Bronco. At the same time, they... You know, they can't go thinking about what the offensive line is. And look, the bottom line is we've seen Drew Locke take 75% of the snaps in practice this week. He's been the first quarterback up in the periods that we've been been able to watch. And Juwan James is down there with the twos. Yep. He's practicing, but he's practicing with the second team. So, you know, I, I don't think that that one has anything to do with the other. In fact, frankly, I think they're hoping that the mobility and the mobility of Drew Locke and maybe a little bit more work in the shotgun will actually help out the tackles a little bit. 
maybe you're getting the ball out quicker. Maybe you're doing more first read stuff. They're not having to hold their blocks for quite as long. Yeah, I think if you're waiting on Juwan James, you may be waiting a very long time. That's not to say he won't play this week, but Mace, yeah. if you're waiting on him to protect Drew Locke and so you can bench Garrett Bowles, you have to be real with yourself. This guy's played in two games and been hurt before halftime in both of those games. So if he goes out there again in, in Sunday's game, which he very well may, he could. How, how can you be confident that he's going to play the whole game? And if that's what you're waiting for, for Drew Locke to play, well then, I mean, you better might, might as well keep Drew Locke on the bench for an entire game until Juwan James can show that he can stay healthy for a game. So no, I do not think it's that. And I think that Drew Locke is going to help that entire offensive line, regardless of who's in there. Absolutely. And again, maybe Garrett Bowles doesn't have to hold his blocks for quite as long when, when Drew Locke is out there. There are things that the Broncos can do to help Drew Locke, but there are also ways that Drew Locke, I think, is going to help the entire offense, and I think that's part of the reason why everyone's pretty excited about the notion of seeing Drew Locke on Sunday. Oklahoma Bronco also follows up, speaking of Locke, by saying, also, say Drew Locke balls out, and by some miracle, we go 5-0 and to finish the year, especially with Locke playing well. Do you think there's any chance of getting a small hometown discount from any of these players knowing that the guy might finally have been found. No, but I like the optimism. I like that too, but uh, no, not. I think the Broncos, their struggles pretty well documented, of course, over the last few years. I don't think you have players like Justin Simmons and Chris Harris Jr. that are in any way, shape, or form inclined to give the Broncos a hometown discount. Completely agree. All right. Count Locula. A one-button joystick is to John Elway's offensive scheme as a blank is to RK's dishwasher salmon. Your answers, please, gents. Love the count. And Lasagna Lance comments and says, Wonka's golden ticket idea. Mm. Mace, you got to explain. I I think I'm lost. A one-button joystick is to John Elway's offensive scheme. Well, what you're saying is, is John Elway's offensive scheme, is it from the past and something that requires only a one-button joystick like in the Atari 2600 days? So basic? So as what is to RK's dishwasher salmon? So what's... Gross? No. Untrue? It, I, I think maybe what would you use to make dishwasher salmon? Would it be a dishwasher that was 30 ah. years old? I don't know. Right. I have to think. This is an interesting one. I'm I'm not sure there's a great analogy here this is tough maybe i'll go with wonka's golden ticket idea (laughs) as to like a dishwasher that doesn't work oh and then eat that or it works but it requires something that's not readily found in today's realm what would you rather do mace would you rather eat uncooked salmon that sat in a dishwasher for an hour or would you rather watch the Broncos offense that we've seen this year for another year. What is the temperature of the dishwasher? <laughs> if it's, oh, it's broken. It's bro- the salmon's just been sitting in there. It's broken. So the, the, the salmon's been sitting in there for an hour. Yeah. May, but the may, dishwasher may, hasn't run. The dishwasher, it's steamed a little bit, but that's it. That's it. So maybe the salmon will be what? mildly lukewarm, but it's certainly not going to be cooked. Is it sushi grade? It's, it's you know, 
that's whatever I would okay. buy. So no. Because I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> if that's sushi grade salmon and it's just sitting there, I can probably live with it for being in a room temperature dishwasher for an hour. Are you a sashimi guy? I or, like to have a little rice with it. Okay, but yeah. you'll 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 eat just a. a oh, I'll eat a raw, raw piece of salmon. Absolutely, if it has the rice on it. Okay, I'll, so I'll eat also, and if. If there's no rice, I'll eat it without. I'll do poke all the time, and I'll do poke sometimes without rice. I'll do you know poke with like salad. So I'll say I'll I'll say this is salmon or or sushi grade salmon. Are you going to eat an entire piece of raw salmon, but you don't get any of the sides with it? You don't get to make it a fun little pokey dish out of the dishwasher. Yep, out of the dishwasher. I would rather do that than watch the Broncos (laughs) offense the last few weeks. There we go. That's probably the answer Count wanted. (laughs) Next one coming in from Sausage Sanga Harry. Speaking of food. Hey, guys. What type of car do you drive? Phone do you have? And watch do you have? Okay. Um, (laughs) I'll indulge. You say these can say a lot about someone by these three things. I have a... 2017 Lexus NX crossover hybrid. A nice red. Yes. I have an iPhone 11 Plus. It is a thing of beauty. Great camera, by the way. Oh, it's amazing. Completely. I I was due for an upgrade. The timing was perfect. Yep. Just dovetailed nicely, but that camera has been a game changer for me, especially in my work. Yep. As you've seen out there in the field, look forward to... uh, being down in Mobile and uh, oh yeah, shooting some video with oh, it too. Yeah. And uh, the watch is an Apple watch. It's actually from about three and a half, four years ago. So we're actually now at the point where we're shopping for new watches. Right on. Maybe Christmas? Who knows? It's possible. <laughs> I drive, oh boy, what year is it? A 2012 Honda CRV. Got the mom car going on what? uh the mom car is that what that is <laughs> it's a mom mobile yep <laughs> oh, i got man. a uh, but it's not a van not a minivan oh no 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 not a minivan i'm i yeah i guess will, i'm not full mom will minivans ever be in the uh zach stevens future absolutely not absolutely not I, i'm gonna go uh my dream car is a jeep wrangler you should talk to our mutual friend dave willie of cbs4 because he eventually had two kids and he said, there was a time in my life when I said, no, no way, no minivan, not happening. Does he have one? He got one eventually, <laughs> yes. He gave in, and he said, you'd be amazed how much easier it made your life. Wow. Wow. You have kids. No, I think I'd have to go like uh, a huge Suburban before I ever go minivan. Okay. okay. I can't do that. <laughs> that thing's a bus. The Suburban? <laughs> oh, it's a bus. <laughs> the, the, the turning radius on that thing, man, that, that's too much car for me. Yeah, it's a ton of car. Yeah. Uh, phone, I have an iPhone 8 Plus. Big boy, did it for the camera yes. when I got it. Uh, after, of course, I don't know if I've ever revealed this on the podcast, my uh, my iPhone 6S was stolen. What? Down in Alabama, Mace, when we were actually it was in New Orleans when we were coming back from Mobile during Senior Bowl week, was pickpocketed right out of my pocket on Bourbon Street. You know something <laughs> I I learned in going to New Orleans in an earlier lifetime, on a semi regular basis, was that I tended to keep things in my pockets like we all do, but. I would walk around with my hands in my pockets. Yep. The other thing I did is that if it was winter, I would wear 
vests with zippered pockets. Yep. And it took a little bit of effort to get in those. <laughs> yeah. So that's <laughs> yep. tough. That's awful, man. Yeah. It was a it was uh. a bummer. Then I had to roll with like a an iPhone five for a little bit until I got this puppy. So I'm so happy to have it. And watch, Mace. Last time I owned a watch was never. Really? Not a watch guy. I thought you'd be a wristwatch person. I want to be. I want so badly to have an Apple Watch or have a smart watch, but I just ah uh, this the, it being on my wrist drives me nuts. I can't stand it. Can't stand it. So some people are the opposite. I'm I'm the opposite. I feel naked without a wristwatch. Okay, man, especially a smart one. Where you yeah. get notifications on it. Yeah. Oh, I want it so monitors bad. Monitors your steps, monitors uh, your physical activity. I can tell you right now, just from it was it kind of an older people's workout, it, mall walking. Uh, 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 I already uh, have uh, 15 minutes of workout time there logged we go. in. There, there we, we go. go. Yeah. Mason's already done his Black we're, Friday shopping. We're on our way. Yeah, we're moving on. And uh, Sacha Sangahari has a 1997 Toyota Land Cruiser, an Apple iPhone 8. And a Nixon analog. Andrew Karachi has a 2004 Toyota Avalon XL, iPhone X, no watch. And what about the Count? The Count has a 2017 Forerunner, iPhone 8 Plus. Nice. No watch except my childhood Broncos watch I wear on game days, which doesn't actually work to tell time. <laughs> That's awesome, though. But you know what? A stopped watch is right twice a day <laughs> exactly next one coming in from bleed orange and blue do you guys find it weird that elway has an idea of a quarterback who is over six foot five statuesque in the pocket and has a rocket arm yet has a quarterback on his roster that resembles his type of play the most drew lock lock has a rocket arm mobile and confident that overflows at confidence that overflows and the ability to extend plays which includes having the ability to run for a first down if needed and his prime elway was just like this I really don't understand why he was so scared to pull the trigger on Drew. Give the kid a shot. Why else does this team have to wait for Elway to finally cave? I look forward to the tailgate before game Sunday. My brother will be joining, and it will be his first regular season game at Mile High. I don't think it's— see you. I can't wait to see you out there, man. That'd be great. Hit us up at the tailgate. Sons of Mile High tailgate, 10 a.m., Lot N, I'll be by probably in the 12 o'clock hour. Yep. Zach will be by about the same time as well, so will RK. I don't think it's Sean Elway that was holding Drew Locke up. Yeah, which is crazy that someone else could hold Drew Locke up if Elway was ready. I think it was coming from the coaching staff. I think so, too. Man, Drew has the tools. He has all the tools. That's why John picked him. That's why I'm shocked he fell to the second round. But there was a reason that he fell to the second round. We're going to see. Do do the tools overcome the doubts, or do the doubts overcome the tools in uh, in these last five games? Well, can he use those tools properly? Because the biggest thing on him is he's got to become more accurate. Now, there are some comps to Josh Allen, even though Allen, I think, has a, a naturally stronger arm than Drew Locke. Yeah. But Josh Allen has become more accurate yep. over the last two seasons. Yep. He is now a 60% passer, something he was not at Wyoming, and he didn't appear to be heading in that direction 
during Senior Bowl week, even though he was getting better from day to day, still had some moments where he thought he was going to struggle with his accuracy, but he has found that over time, and you're hoping that Drew Locke can find that over time as well. And that's that's probably the biggest reason why Drew Locke fell is because a lot of people don't want to count on accuracy just magic, magically changing, but Josh Allen does give the Broncos hope. You're right, Mace. Yes. Andrew Karachi. Hey, guys. A few days ago, you guys were arguing about QB wins. I believe it is a real stat. QBs are judged by wins and championships. <laughs> Passing yards, touchdowns, and completions are nice, but wins are the tell-all stat. Here is the top 10 quarterback wins in Broncos history. Number one, John Elway won 48. Two, Peyton Manning, 45. Three, Craig Morton, 41. Four, Jake Plummer, 39. Five, Brian Greasy. Great typo, by the way, Brain Greasy, because... Greasy was a pretty smart QB, 27, 6, Charlie Johnson, 20, 7, Jay Cutler, 17, 8, Steve Ramsey, 14, 5, 9, Frank Trapuca, 13, 10, Trevor Simeon, 13. Have a good one, guys. Okay. <laughs> May says, I went uh, through the NFL, the white book, the record and fact book, and they've got some pages devoted to quarterback stats, passing stats, so I went through to look at all this, the stats that are kept on quarterback play. Let's see. 11, 18, 24, 39, 45, 55, 69. There are 72 different stats <laughs> covering various permutations of things such as passer rating, attempts, completions, completion percentage, yards gained, average gains, touchdown, interceptions, INT percentage, and time sacked. And of those 72, none involved QB wins. <sighs> She's telling me it's not a stat. I think people keep track of it. I just don't think it's a stat that I'm particularly interested in. How? How are you not interested in that? Uh, because if the... Because... Dan Marino, he was an all-time quarterback. Top five, top six quarterback. Sure. If you're going by wins and winning, if you're going by winning percentage, now if you go by wins, he's up there because he played for 17 seasons with the Miami Dolphins. But if you go by winning percentage, remember the Dolphins during his career had a bunch of eight and eight, eight and seven in a strike year type of seasons because they had a fatal flaw. Their D was usually horrible. Yeah. Is that something that's on him? Is that something for which he should be punished? Peyton Manning didn't always have the most talented teams. Not towards the end. I'll give you that. He's the second most winning quarterback ever. And it is insane what Tom Brady's doing. Now, look, the quarterback does have more sway on the result than any other player. I get that. But if you get locked into quarterback wins, then some mediocre quarterbacks end up looking better than some quarterbacks who are, who actually have more talent, are better leaders, better across the board, but didn't have the blessing of having as much around them. I mean, Joe Flacco is a good example. Right. Well, it may, there's no, I'm not going to yeah. disagree with that, with that at all. I mean, that certainly should not be everything. And just to, to play into you, your point a little more, you know, who has the 12th most quarterback wins all time. Yep. All time. 
guy playing right now. Well, not playing right now. He's in the league right now. Joe Flacco? Eli Manning. And now he does have the two Super Bowls, and that's what would get him into the Hall of Fame if he goes because how good he was and clutch he was in those playoffs. But the body of work overall for Eli Manning is very average. You know what his, you know what his career win percentage is, having the 12th most wins of all time? Uh, probably about 510. Exactly 500. He has 116 wow. wins, 116 losses. How much of that is on the team? How much of that is on him? Probably. Remember, the, the Giants team that beat the Patriots the second time around in the Super Bowl, that was a mediocre team. That was a 9-7 team that got hot when it mattered most. Yep. And the defense that was on fire. We see this in all sports, though. It's, you know, in, in hockey, for example, goalie yep. gets hot in the playoffs sometimes that's all you need it's all that matters. to yep. be holding up the stanley cup at the end yep exactly exactly this it, is it, fascinating it, it, because it is. i because i understand that the quarterback is the alpha and omega sometimes and has more impact on the win loss than any other single player yeah but you can also look at say well we talk about joe flacco <laughs> Let's look at the Broncos Ravens playoff game of January 2013. Let's not. <laughs> All right, fine. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, but you can say, okay, who had more? Who had the greatest impact on that game? You could maybe say Raheem Moore. Misplaying a football. 100. percent Man, that popped up on Jacoby my... Jones. Yep, that popped up on my timeline a few days ago. Why? How does that? How do you let that happen? Why did it come up on your timeline? I don't though? know. So, someone. Posted a video of it. I don't know if it was just to ruin people's holiday spirit oh, or. Man. <laughs> I feel bad every time I bring it up because I feel like I'm going to give people the shakes. Yeah, on this Black Friday, people were enjoying the Thanksgiving, and Mace just has to ruin it, just like that. Well, at the same time, I'll I'll make it brighter for you. The next year, the Broncos went to the Super Bowl. Two years after that, the Broncos won it all. There we go. It was a step. Along the road was. to ultimate glory. It was, exactly. Ah. <laughs> and what will continue to make your spirits high is checking out Denver Rubber Company. And because you guys know how supporting local businesses in our blood, that's why we want to tell you about Denver Rubber Company. And that's why we're super excited to tell you about them. And may not be what you think it is. Denver Rubber Company is the most reliable local partner for your long-term projects. Since 1972, Denver Rubber Company has provided the highest quality of products from custom die-cut gaskets, molded rubber, to custom contract manufacturing, and custom hoses. And guess what? Snow is coming, and we've already had a taste of it. You'll need Denver Rubber Company when it comes to anything snow plows. DRC can cut to size and pre-slot most snow plow rubber. The blades can be cut to any length and slotted for mounting to meet your exact specifications. We went and checked out their warehouse a few weeks back, and it was nothing short of amazing. These guys have created proprietary materials that make up the inside of wind turbine blades, and we even witnessed machines that can cut material that are used in bulletproof vests. Remember, Denver Rubber Company custom makes it all, and you can purchase products for yourself and, of course, buy bulk at a fantastic rate. They're a family-owned business with loyalty only to the people, just like us here at DNVR. So be sure to call them today for any snowplow needs, custom gaskets, hoses, etc. at 1-800-259-0010 or visit them at drcfirst.com slash dnvr and make sure you tell them who sent you. Nash EQ checking in. Hi, guys. Hope you all are doing good. 
In the spirit of Thanksgiving, thank you so much for your effort and entertaining podcasts. I love them. Oh, thank you, Nat. Thank you, and we love all of you for riding with us wherever you go, whatever you do. One question. Could you please project for all the undrafted starting players at what position they would have been selected in the draft in the respective year, given their talent level and play that we see on the field now? E.g., Philip Lindsay, first round, number thirtieth, number 30 pick. Thank you again, and have a great one. Okay, so who do we have? We'll throw Philip in there. We have Chris Harris, Alexander Johnson. Mm-hmm. And Alexander Johnson's, of course, a very interesting example. Right. We'll just pretend that feel... none of that happened. Let's and pretend that he was that... going in. Let's say all of these guys are going into the draft next year, and they're all 22 years old, and we know they're going to be the players that they are now. Okay. Now, am I missing anyone? Are those the three major ones? The three big ones... Um... Shelby Harris was drafted, right? He was. Seventh round. Todd Davis Todd was undrafted. Todd Davis was undrafted. I think um, those are the major ones. So we'll, yeah, I think we'll, that covers pretty well. We'll go with Todd. Start with Todd Davis. Probably third round pick. I was going to say third or fourth, but right in the Josie Jewell range. Yes. Early fourth is when the Broncos got Josie. And he's been more successful than Josie Jewell has so yes, far. maybe a third. Yeah, yeah, third round. I mean, a solid starter. Yeah, third round. I You'd like be that. happy with that. Yep, I like out that. Out of a third round pick. Anywhere in the third, I think you're you're good with that. Chris Harris Jr. First, but where? Oh, four-time Pro Bowler. All we, pro one year. Are we talking... Uh, Oh, who did who did the Browns draft before Bradley Chubb? Denzel Ward. Denzel Ward. Are we talking Denzel Ward top five? At worst, top ten. Isn't that what people thought yeah. Denzel Ward was going to yeah. be with Chris Harris Jr.? I think actually you're right. I'll tip my cap to you. Top five. Yeah. For that performance. So yeah. For that performance over nine seasons, there's a decent chance he goes back to the Pro Bowl or he's in that conversation. But I mean, he's a ring of famer. Yep. No doubt. And if Chris starts as a top five pick, he's getting legitimacy from the start. People aren't having to wait a few years to see really how good he is. He has, and if, let's say he's in New York, he's somewhere other than Denver. He has way more than four Pro Bowls. Yeah, more Pro Bowls and probably another All Pro appearance or two. Yep. In 2012, he was phenomenal. Yeah. But got none of the accolades that he deserved that year, other than I think from Pro Football Focus. Yep. Yeah. Chris Harris Jr. Top five pick. I'm with you there. Philip Lindsay. Now, this is interesting because unlike Chris Harris Jr., Philip Lindsay is a running back, which has not been particularly valued in the draft right. in recent years. It's not one of the core four positions like quarterback, pass protecting tackle, edge rusher, corner. So where does Philip Lindsay go? So here's how I start the conversation. Mace, would he go... Before or after Josh Jacobs? And Josh Jacobs, of course, went, I think, 24, 23. Based on production? Ooh, I mean, Phil's now done it for two years. Yep. I think he goes after, just because I still think the, the NFL would say size. Josh Jacobs. Yeah, Josh Jacobs is an every down back. He can do this for. He can possibly do this for ten years. The the the, the NFL would just say Philip Lindsay's great. He's not an every down back, and he can't do this for ten years. So I think he'd go a little after. But even actually, though he's proving to be 
a piece of iron. He's only missed one game his entire career. He's made his way all the way back from a wrist injury. Yeah, because I think the NFL would say, well, look at how much the Broncos are playing him. They're playing him like 55, 60% of the snaps. Where Josh Jacobs, I don't know off the top of my head, I bet he's playing 80%. That's just, that's, I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I just think that's where the NFL would view him. But so, that's a second round pick. I like where worst. Nash, I like where, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I like yeah. where Nash put him at 30. Kind of, like, <laughs> he's behind Josh Jacobs, but not so much. And also it fits a number. <laughs> well done. And who was the last, Shelby? No. It was, uh. Alexander oh, Johnson. Alexander Johnson. He was Boy. a tackling machine at Tennessee. He was. And. I think he's Tennessee's all-time leading tackler. Yeah. What I had heard about him coming out before all the stuff broke regarding the the rape accusation and the trial, Alexander Johnson was going to be a day two pick, more likely a round two pick. So first half of day two. I and like that. What's interesting, we've got a question coming up later on Dylan Moses coming off of the ACL at Alabama. If he decides to come into this draft class, where does he rank? And I think he's probably in the 50 to 55 range. Mm -hmm. Alexander Johnson, again, he's playing well. It's early. He's only done it now for roughly half a season. Right. But I think even with what we know about Alexander Johnson now, mid-second round pick, so somewhere between 45 and 55. And let's say if he were to do this for another year and we knew that he actually was this good and this wasn't a fluke. Late round one. I was going to say, why not Al Wilson? From Tennessee, it just as much of a beast potentially, and pick 31. Al Wilson was the last first-round pick of the 1999 draft. Of course, the Broncos coming off of their second consecutive Super Bowl win at the time. Lasagna Lance, once again, my obligatory comment to call for all Bronco fans to start Drew Locke chance <laughs> if he is not the starter on Sunday. I don't think you have anything to worry about there, nope. though. I actually have two questions. Number one, you guys remember rhetorical when the T-Bow chance started emerging in the 23-20 home opener loss to Oakland in 2011. We have a voice, Broncos country. Let's use it. Number two, What's the deal with Winfrey? Is he on the roster but not activated? IR, practice squad, what did I miss with him? Does he even exist? Was I dreaming when I saw him in preseason? Sorry, <laughs> that last bit was about seven questions. <laughs> He's on the 53-man roster, yep. a regular game day scratch. And, Zach, you're 3-8. and eight. You're about to find out about Drew Locke. Why don't you start finding out about Juwan Winfrey? And give him a jersey. You've got to. Mace, we're saying how wide receiver is a top priority next year in the draft and free agency. See if it really is that top priority. Now, the Broncos are probably saying by not playing him, especially where they are at their wide receiver position right now, they're saying something's off. Maybe he's not the guy forever. Maybe he's not the guy for this year. Maybe he needs the full redshirt year. But I'm still in the belief of find out. See if he's a gamer. See if whatever you're concerned about translates to the field. See if he's able to overcome that. You need to find out. You have five games. That's enough to find out about a guy. Who does he play at the expense of, though? That's the problem. Because you're still learning about Deshaun Hamilton. You want to get Tim Patrick reps. You have Cortland Sutton. Deontay Spencer, you're, you're keeping to yeah, see if he can Yeah, that's the problem. I want to see him play, but I'm just as I'm thinking about it now, it's like, okay, whose spot is he taking? Or are you taking it from another position group? Maybe... Now that Andy Janovich is out for the year and you're going with Drew Locke, so maybe some more spread-type stuff, 
Are you thinking, okay, maybe instead of Andrew Beck, we're going to activate Jawan Winfrey? Sure, I don't see the Broncos doing that. What about Deshaun Hamilton? I really liked him coming into the season. He's been a massive He's blocking like a beast right now. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, he's he's doing that. You're right. So but boy, that's that's he's crazy. getting open. We're still seeing it in Buffalo. I'm watching Deshaun Hamilton because we had a great press box angle in Buffalo because it was corner, but I actually was sitting kind of over the end zone, and yeah, I love angle. that angle because you can see things open up. Yep. If I had my way, they would move the press box at Empower Field at Mile High to the area where the Champions Club is, which is basically over the end zone, like between the goalposts. Yep. And you could see things perfectly, and I'm watching Deshaun Hamilton break wide open, and nobody's that's, looking to him. Well, that's a good point. The Big Tabowski chimes in and says, those Tebow chants ruined his career. I loved it at the time, but it was his downfall. He needed to be redshirted for two years minimum. Such a shame. And waste of his talent. Yes, he did have talent, even at throwing. Why he tried to rework his throwing motion, I don't know. It worked fine for Rivers, and I want to vomit every time he throws the ball. Hindsight is a wonderful thing. Thing. Tebow's fans ironically brought down his demise. Okay, um, the throwing motion for Tim Tebow. The problem was it was unorthodox, but it was also elongated and took a while to get that wind up going. Whereas Philip Rivers, it's unorthodox, but there's a quickness to it. Right. Tim Tebow. Puts the would put the ball way too far back and take way too long to wind up. That it was that he was just a fumble waiting to happen, and we saw that at times. Right. So they're unorthodox, but they're different kinds of unorthodox. Right. Right. But yeah. I get where you're coming from, Big Tabowski. And he he has another comment says last week's request to keep comments shorter has been duly noted, and I apologize for my over lengthy ramblings. No, 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 Big Tabowski, don't mind at all. Just want to make sure we get everyone's comments and in the off season. That's when we can open the comment section up even a little more. But I do appreciate that, the big Tabowski. He says, bearing that in mind, what do you think of Dylan Moses, the inside linebacker from Alabama? What round do you think we could get him in? Two, maybe three? Would you prefer him or Tyler Biotish if both are available early in round two? I can't decide. I was drooling over this kid last year. I want both, and here's how you can get both. Oh, You've got, of course, the extra third-round capital and the extra fourth-round capital, right? Yep. Yep. So, with Tyler Biotish, okay, you take one of your threes, add it to your two, move back into the end of round one, you pick Tyler Biotish. Dylan Moses, here's what's interesting about him. In terms of on-field play, it reminds me a little of, Le- of Levante David with Tampa Bay. Mm. It's a good comp. Yep. But, fascinating thing. Went back over his timed 40-yard dashes over the years. Uh-oh. And this is something teams are going to look at. In spring testing, 2017, Alabama, 446. Last year, Junior Pro Day, 468. Mm. Where is he coming off the ACL? Right. We may not have an answer on that. That might give some team some pause, even though the film shows that he can go sideline to sideline. Del Moses is a player. What I'd like to do is take one of my threes, even though I've probably already dealt one in my proposed Biotis trade up, take. Another three and a four for a mid to late second rounder, which the value on the value chart is there. I love it. And pick Dylan Moses somewhere around pick 50. I love it. So with the, with your first pick in the first round, are you going left tackle? 
if Drew Locke is the answer, I'm going left tackle. So you get you have your and, quarterback. And you I'm get getting a left tackle. My, you get I'm getting his center. You get in the center. And I'm moving Connor McGovern to right guard. Woo! And I'm getting Man, Bill Moses. There's only, I love this team. Just and then next year, it, you you hope that you either re-sign Chris Harris Jr. or that you found a corner on the market because that's the the big thing that you're leaving unfilled in that equation. Holy cow. Mace, I love what we just did right there. And of course, All right, that's it, it. It comes down to if Drew Locke's a guy. It, exactly. And again, I mean, and what if, for example, that Dylan Moses doesn't fall that far? You're rolling the dice yeah. on him falling to 50 in this case. But this is part of what the draft is. It's a little bit of a crapshoot trying to project where a guy is going to go, how he's going to fall, and uh, what kind of value you can get. And I think history would say that teams typically are pretty hesitant on taking on taking injured guys coming off an injury so i think maybe he could be there mace next one coming in from vb trey can't see a way lock doesn't start this sunday elway is even answering lock questions on his chat with phil milani question is will he beat allen's amazing statistics from his first start not amazing magnificent magnificent That's, okay, uh, we're gonna give our predictions in the roundtable. You guys gotta stay tuned for that this weekend. Yeah, I can't wait for that. That's fun. I've done some number crunching on this, mm. but you know what? The going into detail and looking back at past <laughs> first starts for quarterbacks who had prepped under Rich Gangarello, I'll bet you it. My guess, based on that, proves to be inaccurate. Yeah, I, I probably because this too. game has the capacity to surprise. It's what makes it great. Yeah. Um. Only one person can be magnificent a season in their first start, and that was given to Brandon Allen. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Bezos. Andrew Locke has come out of retirement. <laughs> I missed the question of the week presented by SportsCom, but no one had the right number of wins for Locke the rest of the season. Nine, baby. That's just 66 fewer than <laughs> 75. <laughs> Thank you, Charlotte, for helping me out with that. <laughs> Oh man, that's amazing how how that seventy five is taken off. Oh, I know it's fun. <laughs> next can't, one, can't wait for the Steve Atwater football life. Hopefully, in the next couple oh, yeah. of years, when the NFL films comes to their senses and makes one of those, and have to getting to tell the story of you know Steve Atwater made a movie. <laughs> <laughs> you got you got to be the one to expose that. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, hopefully they'll interview his faithful radio co-host <laughs> exactly. as part of the program. Exactly. Next one coming in from Thick Fangio. I'm in Fredericksburg, Virginia, which is not Richmond, but probably as close as I'm going to get. If it counts for anything, I'm a direct TV technician, and I work in the Richmond service region, though I rarely make it down there. Also, I play in a flag football tournament in Richmond every October. I'm just going to assume that when you're reading this, Drew Locke will have been announced as a starter already. So let's go, Drew Sember. I like it. I like it. Fredericksburg used to love visiting that town. There's a charming uh, old colonial-style downtown in Fredericksburg, and of course, it's like many places in the Commonwealth of Virginia, teeming with history from back in the colonial days and the early days of this country in the late 18th century. So, yeah, Fredericksburg is a is a cool town. Oh yeah, I've, I've loved heard great love things. to see the shout out from there. Thank you very much, Mace. Where are we going this weekend? Okay, this weekend. Let's see. Well. We want to do the whole state of Missouri, but we we hear from a lot of Missouri people, ah. so I think it needs to be a little uh, a little more esoteric. A little more. You know what? I'll go. I've got it. 
anyone in Florida, the entire state of Florida. Okay. My parents are in town from Tarpon Springs, Florida, not too far from Tampa. Of course, Charlotte here, you were just at Disney World, right? Yep. <laughs> How did you like Disney World? Good. <laughs> Merely good? Did you love it? Yeah. <laughs> so we were just down in Florida. My parents are here from Florida. So the entire state of Florida, wherever you are, from Key West up to Miami, all the way northwest to the Panhandle in Pensacola, we're going to be right near there in a little under two months for the Senior Bowl just across the Florabama line there in the heart of Florabama, as they say. <laughs> so if you're in the Sunshine State and you're joining us, please feel free to give a shout out. We'd love to hear from you. Love to hear from you. And I think final one coming in from VRT. VR though? VR though. VR though. You know, it's too bad it's not T-H-R-O. Right. VR throw because <laughs> yeah. Drew Locke has been doing a lot of VR throwing <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> over the last three months getting ready for this shot. Yeah, exactly. He says, happy Thanksgiving. Are you guys tailgating on Sunday? Indeed we are. Of course. The if there's sun- football in Denver, there's tailgating. And the tailgate is undefeated. It, you know what? I wonder how cold it would have to be to cancel the tailgate. I heard unless there's a blizzard okay. it's going on. Well, then we're looking at a... We're looking at a 38-degree day on Sunday. That's prime tailgating weather, so come on out. Bundle up, layer up so you feel comfortable. Enjoy a few spiritous beverages. Maybe on the first day of December as Christmas season starts to really kick up, maybe a little Christmas ale. I had some of that last weekend when I was in Buffalo. And by the way, if if you're in Western New York listening to this, Wegmans, the grocery store there, is usually well-stocked with Breckenridge Brew. Uh, I love it with the green cans. Maybe you can even get a little keg of Breckenridge Brew. Who, who knows? Maybe we'll have that, one of these final three home games for the Broncos. Mace, do you have anything else before we take off for the Broncos game this week? You know what? I, Charlotte, do you have anything else? <laughs> nope. <laughs> Except to wish everyone a... Merry Christmas. Ah, it's Christmas (laughs) season. I love it. Yes. (laughs) I have nothing else because, Zach, I have to tip my cap to you because I've come around on this Josh Allen thing. (laughs) Yes. But it's, it's more about... It's less about the specific player and more about the fact that I just want that certainty of purpose of direction that comes with having a young quarterback and yes, living with the bumps, but watching as he gets better. And for the Broncos sake, I hope beyond all hope that Drew Locke can be the guy and that we start finding out there are going to be some ups and downs. There are going to be some bumps, but maybe this weekend is the start of something big. Boy, I think we all hope that it is. So Mace, I'll end with this question to you. If Drew Locke plays the way Josh Allen has his entire NFL career, so like you're talking about, the bumps, the ups and downs last year, more interceptions and touchdowns, but this year seemingly taking off, would you be happy with where he's at? What is Josh Allen, 26 games in into his career? Would you be happy if this is where Drew Locke was 26 games in? Yes, and I'll tell you why. Because the Broncos, with what they have on defense, with Vic Fangio guiding that deep, if they can use the savings on going with a young quarterback to help upgrade the O-line, 
find that speed wide receiver. They've already got some nice pieces. Noah Fant, I think he's going to blossom over the next couple of years. Cortland Sutton, already a clear wide receiver one. Philip Lindsay, Royce Freeman, good backfield combo. Already have a lot of pieces in place. The Broncos have the makings of the success equation that the Bills have right now. And maybe in a year or two, we're talking about the Broncos emerging like the Bills if Drew Locke is what John Elway hopes he is. Exactly. That's a perfect way to put it. It is crazy that the Broncos aspired to be the Bills. Who knew that would ever happen? But boy, if you're the Bills in a couple years, it's not a bad thing. Well, the Bills are a very intelligently built team. Yep. And I don't think that's a bad model for the Broncos to try to mimic. No, I completely agree. What a way to end the week, Mace. I've loved rolling with you all this week. I always love rolling with you, Zach. Oh, man, I I love it. It is a blast. And thank you guys so much for rolling. And before we get out of here, I have a question for all of you. Who wants to make some money? (laughs) Everyone. Everyone wants to make money. And here's the easiest way you can add a few bucks to the wallet. Denver's newest travel hack is here. Drift shares locally owned cars with incoming travelers at Denver International Airport for a better experience than car rental. Skip the chaos to save on time and fees when you book. Or you can share your car to earn and park for free while you travel. Plus, there's no under 25 fee rule, so it's perfect for friends coming to visit. Drift is great if you're going home for break and perfect for extended travel time, like a semester abroad. Allstate Insurance covers your car trip every time, and Drift cleans it inside and out. That's right. Even if your car isn't rented out while you travel, Drift will still clean your car upon arrival. Get all the info you need at drivedrift.com. That's Drift Car Sharing at drivedrift.com. All right, for Andrew Mason, I'm Zach Stevens. Whoa, we're going to hand off to Charlotte. She's going to take us home. (laughs) Goodbye.